two nights ago we recorded a, a podcast with Ryan Williams and Aaron Magalini. We decided to record the episode around the theme of success. Uh, both guys are highly successful um, in their careers and all aspects of life, I suppose. So um, it was really good to have them on. So we cover. So we covered a lot on success. I suppose we did, we dipped into a bit of motivation as well. Um, I don't sound it now, but I was highly motivated after the yeah. podcast. Um, just I was being on their aura, kind of inspired you. I don't know. Uh, just knowing that they're, they're sitting beside two highly driven, highly driven men. Like, uh, it would be nice to be around them every day, yeah. <laughs> just for a bit, a bit of motivation. Yeah. So we'll we'll maybe even look at getting them on again sometime mm. whenever the the motivation dips for a wee pick me up. But I. Uh, uh, so one of our guests was Aaron McLenny, who was one of the patrons to uh, the Cosplane. He donated the care package to you. Uh, I love the Call of Duty reference there. Mm. A few, about a month or maybe two months ago, Aaron had been listening to a podcast and they sent me a wee message. They say that they would love to show us a bit of support and, um, and support any way he could, which was brilliant. And the next thing he sent through a huge care package, um, just full with stuff um, that I could use for training. Um, I didn't post anything up about it before, but I will put a photo in the, in the thread of this, just to see um, all the stuff that I had donated. There, there was loads of stuff, um, loads of consumables, loads of uh, training gear, um, which was brilliant. It was amazing. Right. I um, suppose this could be our official thank you to him ah. for that. Aye, uh, no thanks. Re- really, really appreciate the help and support. I, I was, I was class. Felt like a bit of a rock star getting a yeah, sponsorship. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that was good. So you might have noticed or not noticed that uh, we've we've dropped off on content a bit as of late. Um, we haven't put a podcast out in a while. We've just been busy. Yeah. That's. <laughs> and even though we said in the last podcast that we were going to upload, I, th- I think we've said the last three or four podcasts we're going to start posting more regular. We're going to do uh, more podcasts, but everybody's busy. Um, uh, things come up. We've we've had podcasts lined up and had to cancel and a few different things. But mm. we promise this time <laughs> we're we're going to start putting more content out. Um, a big thing is liaison with guests. It's, we've got three timetables minimum they work out when we're working with a guest uh, try to bring it together um, so it's, it is difficult to put out uh, content so a lot like to, con- to combat that we're going to try and put out more podcasts and and the ans- instances where you know a guest cancels or, or we have to cancel or something comes up we'll try and put a wee filler one out so we'll just get me and Aiden in the studio mm. and, and chat, chat about progress and, and chat about whatever comes up we actually we tried this two nights ago. Three uh, no, it was about four nights ago. Turned out uh, to be extremely productive. <laughs> uh, um we had a bit of free time, just the two of us, so we come on and, and tried to record a wee filler episode and we were on for about an hour and a half mm. and we got nowhere. We we ended up chatting about wrinkly, wrinkly fingers for for like an hour. <laughs> uh so we we're gonna have to work on that. If we're doing podcasts with ourselves we're, we're going to have to put some sort of structure to it because it tends to go off on a bit of a tangent. Mm. Um, if you're wondering about the... Maybe, we, maybe it could be a series, just the tangent dental 
podcast of Blade, of Blade and Aiden. Aye. Aye. The, Rand- the Anna Workins of their rambling minds. Aye. Ra- <laughs> random ramblings. Um, but if you're wondering how we ended up talking about Wrinkly Fingers, let me tell you. <laughs> it's, it started with dehydrate. <laughs> <laughs> we not do it? No. No. We'll not even bring it up because it's a, it's a dark hole uh, that you don't want to We can't get down. ourselves out of it. Basically, I'll I'll give you the fact. I'll, I'll give you the fact. Um, your fingers wrinkle up when you're on the water. They improve your grip. It's, you it's evolution. It's fact. You don't know that. It's uh, not, uh, not a fact. Google it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that's that's we're cutting it there. We're not mentioning it again. Yeah. People's going to be wondering what are they talking about. <laughs> um. So n- next week, Halloween day, we're going to University of Coleraine. Um, we spoke briefly about the, our dietitian who's coming on, and he's invited us up to Coleraine University to uh, go through about a, a body composition and fitness testing for Blaine, and they're going to analyse his diet and give us feedback and hopefully give Blaine a bit of, a bit of telling off and get us get his button gear. A bit of steering. So that's next uh, That's next uh, Wednesday, and then we're hoping to get the, the podcast done with Keevan himself, the dietitian, as soon as possible after that. We had on the books for the, f- the Friday. Second. After. Uh, the 2nd of November. Is that going ahead? Or is it a week later now? <laughs> no, I think I cancel. I'm in Scotland that day. Right. So we'll be we'll be on the we'll be on the university on Wednesday and we'll put out some content up pictures and maybe some videos and maybe some live streams or something when we're up there. And then the next podcast then will be uh the f- not the following weekend, the weekend after. Um, in which it'll be the the dietitians podcast, uh, so that'll be a good one too. Uh, we'll have the podcast you're going to hear today, episode seven, is a really good one, and episode eight with the dietitian is going to be a really valuable one too. Yeah, it's ten forty five a.m. We're in the studio early this morning, and we're just about to hop on the bus to Dublin. So we got a last minute entry for the Dublin marathon, which is tomorrow. So I'm excited and nervous about that. Excited because it's not our event. Nervous because training hasn't been driven towards a marathon at the moment. A marathon. Um, we we took it a very little notice, and I didn't have much time to um to scale up a training plan or anything or get any really long runs on. I've been focusing mostly on the the cycling the last six weeks or so, um, because I wasn't planning on doing doing any events, and it just so happens that this come up. So, listen, we'll. We'll see how it goes. We'll finish it. It's not going to be any tougher than the race, anyway. True. So that is everything then. Um, so you're about to hear from Ryan Williams and Arne Magalone, episode seven. Can I just say this was my favourite podcast yet? Yeah. Um, I hope you enjoy it yeah. as much as much as I did, and take as much away from it as I did. Um, enjoy. You're listening to the Coast to 250k podcast with me, Blaine O'Donnell. And me, Aidan Doherty. And we're going to be taking on the mammoth challenge that is the race. This will be a 10-month documentation covering all the highs and lows that come with preparing for an ultra-endurance event. Right, so what episode are we on now, Aidan? Uh, we're on episode 7, so we're we're 7 deep. <sighs> So today's episode is success themed, ah. as we've put it. Success um, and motivation. I'll success call it. and motivation. 
Um, so we've brought two hopefully su- successful people on <laughs> to talk about their success. Dangerous, Depends dangerous how you measure success. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's aren't humble. I hope he's able to brag. Iron can't. I can't. <laughs> uh, so look, you can do a better job of introducing yourselves than I can. So if you want to introduce yourselves there, here is want to go first. Sure. You want me to go first, Aaron? Yeah. Uh, so my name is Ryan Williams. I'm a, a local businessman and investor. So I'm involved in a number of businesses locally um, and across the NI and the Republic of Ireland. I have a recruitment business called Connected Talent, which employs about 11, 12 people um, in NI and about seven or eight here. We're headquartered over on in our new offices on the Waterside um, and another company called Connected Health, which employs about 420 people across NI, about 85 in the Northwest. And we provide home care and home care technology um, to largely older people or people with uh, various types of complex care needs. Uh, again, mostly across NI and shortly into the south. Um, and then we involve another a range of other businesses as well that um, do everything from technology um, type interventions right through to consultancy and management consultancy type stuff. Mm. That was a very long winded introduction. I wish I had something faster. <laughs> where, did, where did I start? How did I follow up on that? <laughs> to be honest, maybe edit 95% of that out. Um, I'm Aaron Michael Honey. Um, I'm a friend of Ryan's and uh, I'm just here for a bit of crack. Honest, <laughs> not really. All joking aside, uh, I'm a local business owner and I am a mortgage broker. Um, I'm one of the biggest in Northern Ireland. Um, I'm a governor of Oak Grove Integrated Primary. I'm a ex non executive director for ILEX, um, various other roles, past president of the junior chamber, um, and uh, I'm now supposedly a triathlete. <laughs> 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 How true that is. Well, I suppose that's the link that, that has brought you here. Um, not only are you both successful in the business world, but you, you are both uh, competing triathletes quite often as well. So, and we're, we're, we're not successful. <laughs> Just to be very clear. <laughs> well, that's not you over then. <laughs> I think it's, I think the definition of success. So it's something I've I've, I've written about before in, in in some blogs and things that I do on LinkedIn, just for fun more than anything else. But I think the moment you believe you're successful. Um, you're in serious danger of being unsuccessful. Right? <laughs> so I think uh, one, one of the businesses we worked with across the water, uh, was a, the guy that owned it turned into one of the biggest um, concrete manufacturing type companies. He made precast concrete and stuff like that. And he was asked what was the key thing that made him into the biggest supplier of precast concrete products in the whole of the UK and Ireland and things like that. And his answer was simple, fear. <laughs> right? Just fear of being able to make his payments, pay his staff, um, grow the company, but he got out of bed every morning in abject fear. Right, right. So that, that was his definition of how he made us, how he made his business successful. So mm. maybe there's something in that. Very good. Like death can be a big motivator. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Starvation. Yeah. Starvation. Uh, yeah. Famine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, but I think in any type of business, to be honest, there, there's a level of fear. Um, and fear is a good motivator. Hundred mm. percent. When we do try, or when I do triathlons, the fear of the water. And um, it's just to get it in and out, right. alive. <laughs> mm. Well, you, you you always notice that whenever you're walking towards the water, particularly if it's an open water swim, you know pool swims aren't so bad, or a sea swim, and you look around you, and everybody's looking at each other, going, "Why in the name of good living Jesus are we doing this?" Yeah. You know, and it's raining and there's wind or whatever. You know, even though I'm a sunshine triathlete, you know, yeah. but um, everybody looks at each other and just it's, it's just fear. But again, it's this look, just just yeah. resign yourself to the fear and get on with it. You know, 
Will we talk about the wrist then? Um, what he's make of, what Blaine's doing, what he's how he's think he's gonna. He's gonna I, I, I suppose. I suppose what I said was I don't have high expectations for him. I expect him to win. <laughs> <laughs> and, and by the way, I have all faith in the fact that you're determined enough to do that. Yeah. Because if you're if you've done the races that you've done already and the training that you've put in. There's no doubt you're committed. Uh, well, that's when we're talking about fear. One of the big motivators is the fear of failure now because we've yeah. went so public with this. <laughs> we started the podcast. So many people behind us. We can't back out now. We have, we have no choice but to finish it now. Mm. But that was the plan for uh, the podcast. It was to be a motivator for him. Mm. Um, I, th- I, think it's, I think it's really good because you're completely committed to whether you like it or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's points where you might go, oh, I really don't want to do this, but it's too late. Uh, yeah. you know, you've resigned yourself to it and there's, yeah. there's something really good about that. Because mm. we are worker bees. As humans, we're worker bees. We always need an objective. Yeah. Right? We always need to be heading towards something. Um, and I think that's just the way we're engineered. You know, it's part built into our instinct and our DNA and things mm. like that. So, yeah, it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> what part of the race are you afraid of? Am I afraid of? Um, anyone that we, any previous competitors or the organisers that we've spoken to, they, they all say the first cycle is the toughest. Um, the the locks will climb. We haven't went down and seen that yet, but apparently that's that's very tough. Um, and it's it's the longest cycle too. I think it's hundred hundred k that is. So I'm worried about that, and then obviously the marathon at the end. I'm petrified about because I'm doing a marathon after two hundred k. So um, <laughs> if you bank enough time, like he said, a lot of people walk the yeah, a lot of, the a lot of the marathon at the end. Like no, but that's given that he banks enough time. Yeah, you, know. you can sort of you sort of crawl the last fifteen <laughs> miles, <laughs> sort of idea. Yeah. And what level of biking are you doing in preparation for that hundred k? Not well, as much as you are for your sprint trail. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> our our furthest run so far was we cycled down to Muggish Mountain, climbed Muggish Mountain, and then cycled back. So that was forty forty three or forty seven miles down. Yep. The, the mountain climb and then the cycle back then so that's just probably about 90 mile maybe in total has been my furthest run now but then you're talking you have 100k and the the actual race itself then you climb muggish come down then you have an hour 70k cycle so it's massive massive amount we're never going to go up to that level and the training i mm. wouldn't imagine so anyway um but i that's it <laughs> I, I would say we'll probably get Maybe about seven or eight hours. Eight hours, yeah. probably max long run will go, and then on the day it'll just be reserving energy, feeling right, and fingers crossed. There is something about the event on the day that gives you an extra buzz and oh, energy. Yeah. And there's time uh, times when I think to myself, "Oh, I don't know if I'm ready, or I don't know if I'm prepared." And all of a sudden, you just find another gear. Mm. Uh, it's that we adrenaline rush, even if it's a small event like a five k. Yeah, you're at it, and it's just once a once a the starter pistol goes or whatever it is and everybody takes off it's like yes uh, the buzz yeah. kicks on then yeah. yeah but I'm, I'm actually a wee bit worried about that because <laughs> you can take off you fast off like the clappers <laughs> and I've done that I've done that in two events now where you just get caught up in the excitement and you're going a lot faster than you should be going and when it's a long endurance especially 24 hour race you know you, you have to just reserve energy and, and stick there's a strike pace and it's like one of the funny, one of the funniest ones we did was a letter Kenny one this year. Do you remember the first two k? You came out of the water and the swim was tough enough. It was a lake swim, 
and then you come out of the water and you're on the bike and I, 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 I think I've, I've told you I hate cycling <laughs> hate cycling but the first 2k was just up at a massive gradient you know mm-hmm. um, I'm realising me doing that with my arm doesn't really work on a podcast <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but um, massive gradient and as I was coming to the top of the hill my wife and my 10 year old were coming towards me in the car and they were going to phone the parish priest to give me the last rites because I looked like I was about to die you know <laughs> but so, sometimes and of course you come off on the bike in that first 2k and there's loads of people around you don't want to look like a complete useless <laughs> sod you know it just doesn't feel good to, to give you an example that hill was like Lawrence Hill yeah. it, it really was it, it was tough huh. but it was should, enjoyable should we explain what Lawrence Hill is considering we have Japanese listeners we have one listener in Japan <laughs> <laughs> but they're committed <laughs> very good uh, we don't know what he finds interesting about <laughs> two dairy lads just chatting away about running like but he'd <laughs> uh, be buzzing now listening to the films <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? that's it you might bring the family on board for <laughs> sure a 400% increase in listenership in Japan very <laughs> 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 good so um, how long have you left playing now to get ready we're just coming up on halfway, halfway yeah. now. Okay. I think next week or the week after will be our halfway point. Okay. So we started with forty weeks and coming up on twenty weeks on now. So it's been it's been good. Like I'm confident enough that I'll finish at least anyway. Um, like I say that the training at no stage has has it ever been tough. It's just really time consuming. Like it's yeah, it's, it sucks a lot of time of your day. Yeah. Uh, I suppose that that brings us on to a, a good wee question that we want to ask because. One of the biggest excuses, I suppose, people would use for for exercise or getting out and exercising is, I just wouldn't have the time. No, I'm too busy. But everyone's busy. You you are both obviously very busy. Um, but you are managing to do it. So how do you find squeezing an exercise around a, a busy working life? Well, it's not easy. Um, I worked on Monday night, day nine o'clock, and then I went to Foyle uh, Arena after it, up until 2010. And yeah. on a swim session, but things like Saturday morning, going out on the bike at six thirty, uh, for two and a half hours. I, the work thing, I, I, I can plan my day around it, but it's the kids as well and, mm-hmm. and the commitments that you have in life. It's not easy. Um, but I think there's the old saying: if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So yeah. you've you've really got to set time aside, know what you're doing, have your stuff ready, have your nutrition ready. There's not there's actually nothing worse than turning up for a session and you're totally tired and you haven't eaten because uh-huh. it's an absolute waste of time uh-huh. you might not even be there so it's 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 just planning everything ahead really well in advance um and and just making it work yeah, uh, yeah. you're you're to be fair though you're a wee bit more organized than most because you're a little bit more addicted to you know being uh, yeah like uh, Brownlee uh, to be fair during the summer well, well look i bought a road bike on the 29th of march this year and um, when I was doing the, I decided to do the Liam Ball triathlon. Um, I really had no aspirations or, or anything like this time last year of doing any triathlons at all. And I said, right, I'm going to have to get a road bike and do it properly. And I just thought I'm going to spend a lot of time on this. This is the one thing that I could possibly do and maybe do okay at. Um, and, and to give you an example of that, I think the first triathlon I did was a road valley. first one we did was a road valley. that's right yeah and I think it took me two of us four, nearly died yeah 48 minutes on the bike and the last triathlon I did I did it in 37 yeah, so I was able to take 11 minutes off the bike but don't get me wrong in the summer months I was biking four times a week I yeah. was doing 30-40 miles 
three four times a week and I think the only way is to get better at anything especially in this kind of game is to just do it and yeah. keep doing it and trying and I suppose the key is never ever giving up yeah. it's getting the miles on the yeah. legs you yeah, that's it's it. tough to get out there there's, there's no excuse for it yeah. but you do undersell your commitment a little bit there you've lost what three stones in sports yeah. right? in terms of diet in terms of focus discipline organisations <sighs> That's not bad. That's, that's it is. Going. If I lost three stone, uh, you couldn't see me. In this, <laughs> so, really I, I think part of it really comes down to desire and want. Mm. You know, see if you want something bad enough, you'll do it and you'll find a way. You know, if you're committed enough. And it's to me, it's all about attitude. And one of the things I, I noticed about you when I first met you, Blaine, was that you, you had a very positive attitude towards things. And that's the reason I know that you'll finish this race because you're going to it with the right attitude. It's a, you know, it's not that it's a never say die attitude, but you're going to be proud to do it. Yeah. You know, it's it's going to happen. Like, yeah. well, that's a nice big for expectations. <laughs> <laughs> My organisation is a little bit different. I right. can't. I can't organise in that respect. Right, I think we do thirty five thousand miles a year in a car. I've been swimming in pools that most people don't even know exist, and some of the most, you know, the lonely parts of Ireland that actually do have a swimming pool or a puddle or something that I can swim <laughs> in. Or, but I always keep the kit in the car. Right. So if I find a chance to train the train, yes. I have the gym in the house so I can get up at six, half five, do a session. It might be a weight session, it might be a strength session, things like that. But. Um, it, it might be it might be in Galway, it might be in Dublin. I go out for a run if I can't get a gym. When I book when I stay in hotels, which happen reasonably regularly, I make sure they have a gym that I can train in and things like that, and a pool ideally. Um, my summer holidays were was two weeks in Canada, and me and my ten year old, eleven year old, pretty much did a triathlon every day of holidays. We, we where we stayed was beside one of the Canadian lakes. We swam in the lake every day. We ran. And I was supposed to be dedicated. <laughs> but there's so, that, that, for me, holidays are about being able to train freely and, uh-huh. and with an organised fashion. Yeah. Everything else about me is a wee bit more kind of disjointed and training yeah. where you can, you know. I, I think I actually need to explain a, a little bit more about Ryan. Ryan, do you want to give us the background and the, your pedigree here? <laughs> let's, let's talk about the level of your swimming and your cross-country running here. And what, did, was there, was, was, was there a rumour that you swam for Ulster? Maybe... <laughs> Was it Ireland? Maybe was <laughs> that's a slight oversell. That's a slight oversell. But uh, back when my, my, I reached the highlight of my swimming career when I was about 14, 13, 14 you know, so Ulster <laughs> breaststroke champion, bronze in all Ireland. So that was that was me going, you know, that was that was the Olympics for us in Armagh, you know, at the time. So that was good stuff. But it was also really good, eight hundred meter, fifteen hundred meters, so a middle distance runner as well. So we did a lot of that and cross country. But and I did uh, I did some silly kind of what we called then endurance triathlon. So you swam from Rathmullen to Bunkrana, ran round to Burt, and then cycled back to Rathmullen. That was an endurance event when I was twenty seven. <laughs> right now, because you you're there and back in the same day, you know probably four or five <laughs> hours. It doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was twenty seven, twenty eight. I've always been training. I've always did reasonably fit and healthy. So the baseline for me was a wee bit easier. Yeah. But. Um, uh, but the percentage improvements have been really interesting because I was I was probably top sixty five percent of finishers in the first one in Roe Valley. By the end of the season, I was finishing the top 25-30%. So again, uh, it kind of with a wee bit of focus and a wee bit of let's just go at it. Because we're naturally competitive. You know, and I think you get that from business as well. You just want to compete and you just want to get better. Because when there's a guy of 55, no sorry, there's a guy of 52, I think, won the Loch Coudre. Um, op- open competition the guy who came second was 17 like, and you're going well, I'm 43 I mean, <laughs> Jesus you know let's get better faster yeah. you know so good stuff yeah. experience but I would also say experience plays a big part you know especially in triathlons the, the transition the first time the first triathlon I came out of the water I had no idea what I was doing I was like oh where you work oh, yeah what am I doing <laughs> this, is, this is so alien it was terrible and I think now 
it's just you just go on autopilot because yeah. you know what to do. It's trying, you know, yeah. you get on, get the shoes on, and you just go. You know, yeah, I think I had a flask of coffee and scones with cream and jam and stuff like that because it was, and I put out a blanket, you know, had a chat. Like my, my transition times were like an hour and a half or something. You know, it was really, really, really bad, you know. But yeah, you just go to autopilot after a while. You uh-huh. know. Remember, I couldn't get the gloves off. You had to help yeah. me take the gloves off. And pull them off. Yeah. Well, we have like six transitions on the race. Wow. And every... Hard. Every transition, every long run or test run that we've done, we, we learn something from yeah, it. You know, we, mm. we get something wrong in every transition. Like, so the time we went to Mokish, I didn't even have a, a, a jacket, you know, when I got mm. there. I was like, Jesus. So uh, it's, it's just getting the practice and getting the, the transitions under your belt. Got to make the mistakes during training. That's yeah. it. I don't know if you can. You know. Back to fueling and stuff like that. It's, you know, how much fuel do you need? You know, yeah. gels, food, carbs. Mm. Uh, you know how how you know when, when people talk about Ironman and things like that, they talk about training their body. They burn fat. Uh, are you doing that kind of stuff? Well, we're we're actually we're going to Corin uh, on Halloween for the, there's a dietitians bring this up there. Uh, they're going to put me on this. It's called a bod pod. Don't know if you've ever seen it. Yeah, but sounds sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Are you so, sure it's called Cold Rain? Are you sure this is legitimate? There's <laughs> <laughs> some CD down to bring me in. So they're going to give me the, the whole works and, and give me a full, I don't know what, a, a whole complex diet plan that I'll have to stick to them mm. for the for the next 20 weeks. So they, they asked for a copy of my diet plan. So I had a really good diet for about a week. So I could send them up this <laughs> one. And that would be brilliant. And then boom, no straight white back carbs. off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, had a, we had the guy who won the uh the rest of the last two years in a row one too Very good. um and he was saying about fueling like see because the events going on that so long it it just becomes about your mindset the foods that you want to be taking it's just for your own sanity to keep you going rather than the fueling because you'll right. just be drained no okay. matter what you know you can't process kind of, enough food to really yeah, yeah to make so he was saying he's just packing on foods that he really likes to take so when he's coming up these transition times he knows Happy days. I've got this on, on my box. Got a brown sauce sandwich. Pot noodle. Yeah, great. He actually said he has enough food and the and all of his transitions that he could do the race three times mm. and have so really? he'll go up and have a whole selection of things. <laughs> and go, no, I want a jam sandwich now. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So, uh, yeah. I got it. Yeah. Very good. Mm. We haven't. Uh, I mean, the, we've been mostly doing sprint triathlons in the first season, so we have to escalate. Uh, Aaron's fighting me a bit. We've got to escalate the Olympic and maybe a half Ironman maybe next year if we're really ambitious. But um, so tra- so nutrition for us isn't just as important, let's be honest. Do you know what I mean? In fact, I heard a few of the top guys saying you don't need any gels because the distance isn't far enough. <laughs> you just need water. I've heard that a few yeah, times, yeah. you know. But now that having said that, I was throwing gels at them like they were going out of fashion on the uh, bike. I'm know? the same. Yeah. Every 40 minutes I'll yeah, take a gel. Take like. yeah. But uh, you'll see on the, the marathons, They'll not have the, the gel stop to like 17 or 18 miles yeah. before you're, you're taking a gel. Like. Yeah. Whereas I'm standing the start line eating <laughs> my fruits. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> good stuff. Um, well, you were saying about that losing all the weight and stuff, aren't Did you do much exercise at all before you started back in March? None. None? Just Quite another March? Well, the story actually goes that I don't my cruciate. I right me down cruciate ligament um, a number of years ago and I got it repaired and it's just never been right so I've never felt like running and I was probably too overweight to run to be honest and 
I just really didn't know where to start. And Nicola Duffy um, said to me, why don't you come out on the bike? And I thought, I'll give it a rattle, see, see what happens, see how it goes. So we went out on the bike and enjoyed it. And what I liked about it is, I suppose you can go at your own pace, your own leisure. And if you want to go hard, you can go hard. And if you don't, you can go easy. And if you're getting it tight, you can mm. change the gears. And and I just I started getting into it and I, I thought, I'm enjoying this. So I bought myself a mountain bike and I just kind of escalated from there because Nicola has done a, a number of triathlons as well. And I thought, right, well, she's challenged me to do the Liam Ball. So I think I'm going to have to do it. Um, when I was younger, I swam, um, so I knew you could do the thirty lengths of the pool. And the the big the big issue for me was just being able to do the run, because actually running the five k for me was was very, I found it really really difficult. So mm. the bike um, I enjoyed the swim, not really a problem, but the run. So now at the moment I'm focusing a lot of time on on zone training, which is you know under sort sort of zone two. Um, just to try and build up a bit of stamina um, and lose a bit more weight um, and I suppose I've got a bit more to go and, and my goal between now and next season as they get down to a competitive weight where you know the bike isn't maybe just as difficult I actually yeah. I actually had my daughter on the back of my bike um, a couple of weeks ago on, on like a child seat and she's two and a half stone and I, I, I was like oh my god how heavy is she yeah. And I was thought to myself, I've been carrying yeah. that. I've been carrying that about. Yeah. You know, it's unbelievable. I've got my t- my eleven year old in my rucksack in the pool. You're that's <laughs> about, yeah, no, but, you're, but you're an Ulster champion. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah that's right. Yeah, thirty years ago. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Actually, um, just to tell you how good Ryan is in the pool. <laughs> um, I I swam. Um, my best swim this year was in the Lisburn Triathlon, where I came nineteenth, by the way, and. Uh, I, I swam in 16 minutes. I think Ryan swam in 12. <laughs> right. High 12. High 12. So that, that gives you an indication of how good a swimmer Ryan is. Uh, first out of the pool, yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, Lock Hooter, I came out of the, I think I came out of it, it was like 220 started. It was mad, right? Um, there was, I came out of the, the water in 19th. But the problem is, being a good swimmer in triathlon, everybody thinks you're good at the other two. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like 60th on the bike, you know, and people just come past you like you don't exist, you know, which is funny and quite demoralizing. Yeah. That's why I realized I had to get better at the bike. But all, nearly nearly all of my training, I know you said I've done none, but nearly all of my training is on indoor bikes because I don't yeah. like cycling on the roads. I don't enjoy it. I don't think it's safe. I don't, I don't find it comfortable. So most of my training will be focused on building strength in yeah. legs, doing a lot of indoor stuff. And I uh, probably when the weather gets better again, yeah. the bike. Yeah. So going back to the bike, um, the, the first time that that I went out on a road bike, um, I forgot that it was clapped on, and I literally, <laughs> I, I literally <laughs> stopped <laughs> and, and just fell over, yeah. and I was like, "Oh my god, what have I done?" <laughs> that's happened twice. See, that's why I don't do it. That, that's <laughs> happened twice, um, and I, I think for me, um, the real success and, and the whole thing has been just, just determination. Mm-hmm. Just saying, do you know what? I can't do this, but I'm. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it until I get where I want to be. And now, I'm not afraid to go into the pool, or I'm not afraid to go into do a sea swim. Um, and I just get on with it. And it just it, to be honest, it's just sheer determination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, you obviously have loads of physical benefits off the back of this. Have you noticed any any change to your mindset? I, I think it's a great stress reliever. 
Yeah. I, I think it's amazing. You know, you go out on the bike and no matter what, how stressful work is or business or how busy or many hours you've worked that week or what, what issues are, it just seems to clear your mind. You know, I, I, do you find that? Well, I think. I mean, I think it's a. I think it's a phenomenon, right? I think this. If you look at who does triathlons, particularly sprint triathlons, which is probably the most popular, the majority of men over the age of forty appear to be the biggest part of the field, right? right. And I genuinely think there's something that men go. Do you know what? I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing in life anymore, <laughs> right? But I know if I focus on this, I can achieve stuff. And I think there's 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 almost part of it like a default. And I, I mean, I was. I'm amazed in the last ten years the amount of men you see out wearing lycra on bikes in the roads. Mm. But that, there was none of that ten years ago. Right. right. But I didn't see them. Yeah. You know, or maybe it's like the yellow Volvo syndrome. So, I, but I do think there's something about this that men are going. I have a direction. Right. right. Yeah. I have something to tie myself into. It's not about uh, maybe the responsibilities of the kids have been a little bit less, or the kids get up a bit and stuff like that, and they're looking for something else to hang their hat on. Yeah. It, it has to be something like that because mm. you know. I think when you take drive and focus and just even one aspect of your life, yeah, it tends to tie up all the all the chaos in all other domains of your life too. Yeah, um, and like you say, it gives them nothing like being in a it, it, nothing like being in a lake and realizing you have to swim, you know, a mile, half you know, a mile and a half, two mile, and it's just you in the water, mm. and you can control your destiny. Right, mm. a lot of things happen. Like you can't control an awful lot of this stuff. For me, I started I started back into triathlon. Probably Iron was one of the main, one of the main reasons for that because he made me. But um, but again, I find it difficult to train, right, without some sort of objective. So I'm going to show you this, but um, because it's it's radio and you know and nobody else can see it. But I I got into that kind of shape about two years ago. Right, uh, that was a twelve-week wow. program, just diet and training about five, six days, fixed days. You've seen that before, except five or six. Right, so but that, that, it was an objective. I wanted to see how how far I could mm. push my body to, to, to look like that. It was a lot of cardio training, a lot of weight training, stuff like that, and it basically no carbs for about right. twelve weeks. Right, apart from one day a week, we're at a Tommy's fish supper, <laughs> um, which was which was very welcome. <laughs> then you felt sick for the next two days, but um, so the triathlon for me was look. If I don't focus on something like that, the training becomes really sporadic, and yeah. you know, weight starts to go back on, and you go, ah, I don't really like this. And then there's no doubt about it, your mental fitness and your physical fitness go hand in hand. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, well, For that's sure. that's kind of how we ended up on the race because I had just finished a marathon, and I was like, what am I going to do now? Because I knew if I didn't have something to be aiming for, I'd, I wouldn't have been out running, and I'd put all the effort in to, to go out running. So I thought, we'll go, we'll go for something, and we ended up going for. The toughest the possible thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the really sensible, easy option. Yeah, uh, sure, sure. I like that. I like that. There's a saying: um, anything that's worth doing, it's worth overdoing. Moderation for cowards. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, you, and, and I think you've just epitomised that. Uh, <laughs> no change ever comes from a comfort zone. That's it. That's, that's, yeah, that's you know, fact. Yeah. So obviously, used to are very driven individuals, but some people just don't have that drive in them. Um, I suppose we could we could talk about motivation and how you, how you can get it, how important it is. Do you have do you have any tips? Is there anything you do to keep yourself motivated? Um, I think most people probably find that it falters. Motivation is good one day, bad the next. How do they keep that consistency throughout that? Especially if they're not naturally driven. Yeah, I th- I think it was it was I think a lot of it was to do with our upbringing, right? So, mum mm. um, in particular, dad was a lot more chilled out, still is. Mum, you know, she was the one who brought us to the swimming club, brought us to the running club, took us to the cross country stuff, and it was kind of you know put into us that you know um, 
the harder you work, the bigger the reward. Mm. Um, the more you invest in something, the bigger bigger return you get. So I think it was drilled into us as, as, as kids. And I think it was a healthy thing. I think in terms of academic studies and stuff like that, I transferred that into that as well. And, and, and what I studied quite hard was a complete bloody nerd in school um, and, and things and all the rest of it. Much too... Uh, I got much better at fighting through the years as well because uh, because, because of all that. But um, I think uh, when he was put in this, so if I look at if I look at my eleven year old who's doing triathlons now for the last two years, right, it's in him. Mm-hmm. So if you look at I mean last week we were laughing, he did the one of the first rounds of the schools cross country. He's a P seven, uh, and at the start of the race, three yards in, a kid stomped him and he lost the spike, cut the whole foot off himself and lost the spike, came completely off. And he ran the next 1.2k to the finish line Jeez. with one foot, right? One foot burr and the other yeah. foot with a spike on. And he came third out of like a couple of hundred kids. Wow. And I just love that. I just uh, look at that and I go, like, he's, he's 11 years old. He jumps into a, a cold Canadian lake. He swims a mile with me. He comes out of the lake and he's and he'd run two and a half, three miles with me. And I think if we, that, that, when you talk about success or what success looks like, that's success for me. Mm. Now, he might hit teenage years and go, you're a dick. <laughs> Why are we doing this? You know, but at the minute it's working. You know, so yeah. Uh, yeah. I think in every triathlon that I've that I've done, um, there's always been a point where I've, I've said to myself, "Why am I doing this?" Mm. Mm. And it's you have to have something deep inside that pushes you, that makes mm. you go. You know, two years ago I bought the business and I was taking a big risk, and I thought, you know. Have I got the mental capacity to deal with this and manage this and, and push this forward? And you just have to dig deep sometimes in life. Mm-hmm. And there, there, when I was 17, um, I, I went to school one day and at, at lunchtime break, the one of the teachers called me and said, look, I need to have a chat to you. And I said, what's wrong? And they were like, look, your mum's in the Royal Victoria. And a couple of days later, she died. So every time that, that something happens in the bike or if I'm out and I'm training and I, I want to give up, all I ever have to do is just remember that day. And, and then, our, you know, it, I just find this level of motivation that just takes me right through the brick wall. Like, So no matter what ever happens or how stressful life gets or what happens in work or anything, I just think to myself, do you know what, I've had a darker day than this. Right. So it just, it just, there's just a burning sensation. And, you know, I, I love with my mum. So whenever, whenever she died, I was alone. Mm. You know, I, I really didn't have anybody. So... I realised at that stage that my childhood probably ended and mm. what I needed to do is become an adult. So I sort of skipped a part of my life um, and there, there's part of that with, with the whole training but that I'm sort of going back and enjoying myself again. Uh-huh. So it's kind of a release. Yeah. So the, the whole thing's, uh, you know, but we all, and, and it'll be part of your race when you're going to want to give up yeah. and, and it's how you find and channel something mm. that gets you through the pain barrier. Right. Because there's the, the old saying, See what the mind believes, the body will achieve. Yeah. And you can do more than what you think you can. See when you want to give up, there's another twenty percent left. Hmm. Yeah. Big time. There's another eighty percent left. Apparently <laughs> 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 so, yeah. Apparently so. <laughs> it's strange what people find that motivates them like this then. I suppose it's an individual thing. Um What is it for you? Um I don't I don't know. Um I tend to use uh, the same technique as you with a bag. Um, just just being prepared all the time. Sometimes I just can't fit on a training session. My client, my books, client books fall all day. But I always bring a bag to mm-hmm. the gym with me. If I get a cancellation, straight away I'm on training, you know. So just wee nudges like that. Yeah. 
um, can help. Especially, no, even even days where you're not motivated. Um, if you just have that wee nudge, that wee bag or something, takes you on. Just enough. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I I I don't find a I don't find a a, a place where uh, I I kind of need. I I just don't want to be beaten. Mm. Mm. I just don't want to be beaten. I hate coming second. I hate coming third. I hate coming thirty seconds. Yeah. Jesus. What about that day I beat you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll not talk about that. Day. That's not a span from the podcast. Um, but I just hate coming second, uh. third, or fourth. Uh, mm. I just it just annoys me. It just makes me angry. You yeah. know, and I, if it, it allows me to focus even more. So um, I, that might be sad. It's uh. probably quite a sad thing to say, but I just don't like losing. Uh, no, yeah. I get that too. Like yeah. that burning frustration. Yeah. Whenever yeah. You. Uh, well, I think that's sad. I think that's a good thing. Well, it's, yeah. That's what I think so too. That's striving, yeah. like you yeah. know. Um, I think I I don't really rely on motivation to be honest with you. Um, like I said, falters. Some days you're really motivated and everything's going well. Other days it's not there. Well, the only th- the only thing that replaces motivation is discipline. Exactly. That's exactly what I was no, going to say. If you're feeling crap and you're feeling run down and you touch of a cold, d- discipline that mm. makes sure that you train or you know mm. does whatever you need to do. You know, habit building. Habit, habit building's a yeah, big one. Yeah. yeah. Don't reach for the bag of crisps, which yeah. is going to hit you very shortly. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, I still haven't got into the habit of sticking to a diet plan. Mm. We talk about this nearly every episode, but my diet is my biggest downfall. Like it just, it's not that I, that I binge eat or anything. I just don't eat enough. I, I struggle to. I've never been consume a big enough. eater, like, and I just struggle to consume. And then, obviously, affects energy levels and stuff like that too. Like so. The last thing I want to do is fade away to a skeleton running this race. You know? I'm sure all the athletes around around here are going, yeah, it must be a nightmare not to eat enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody else is trying not to eat all the shit yeah. of the day. You know? yeah. A big one for Blaine too, though, is hydration. Uh-huh. He has a hydration that's terrible. Right, okay. Uh, a lot a like a leader a day uh-huh. on training days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A leader? Uh, I would do like a liter a day, and then about six or seven cups of coffee a day. See, when but I get up in the morning, I have a liter. Like I'll come down the stairs, drink a pint of water, uh-huh. brush my teeth, have a coffee, whatever. Drink another pint of water before I walk out the door. Uh-huh. I, have, I have my I have your full day's water on me before I leave for work <laughs> in the morning. You know. Hydration's critical. We have meetings at the water cooler, in the office. Drinking that Yeah, I believe in you know, coffee's great, but yeah, it's it's further dehydration so <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> that's what I was saying but I've been dehydrated my entire life I've never <laughs> I used to, used to have to justify his dehydration I was like I was like Blaine your hydration's terrible and it's like yeah. I, but I've been, hydrated. I've been yeah. dehydrated my whole life but his body could be used to that he <laughs> <laughs> might be dehydrated adapted uh, I've never yeah. seen my father drink a glass of water in his life right <laughs> but he drinks coffee all the time right he's, he's, he's been diabetic since birth right he was type 2 diabetes right? he smoked all his life now smokes a pipe for the last mm. 60, 70 years. He, um, he, you know, he's reasonably active and things like that, you know, but, and he, he eats, he loves pork, so he's, he eats bacon pretty much all the time, right? He would have invented the pig if it had been invented, right? <laughs> that's, that's him. So, but, we're just still mesmerized by him, but that yeah. he's still alive, right? Yeah. We call him the coconut husk because he's just, you know, he just, just seems to be hardened to it all, you know? He's still dehydrated. He drinks coffee at least five, six times a day. He doesn't seem to drink any fluid outside of that. It's, it's you know, he's a medical Sounds marvel. Sounds like me. <laughs> a medical marvel. <laughs> or my next dad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so behaviour. Um, we already talked about uh, we sample things like having a bag out. Have you ever heard of nudge theory? No. 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 So Sorry, what? nudge theory. Have you ever heard of that? No. Um, a guy 
so nice today was it's about ten years now. There was a economist who came up with the framework for the theory, won the Nobel Prize. Um, basically, it's used now in politics. It's used in to try and counteract obesity and you know every kind of behavioural aspect of the economy. Um, and the bag is a nudge throughout the day. If you if you've got a goal that you want to do, if you want to train every day, that bag's a nudge that you have in your life to push it on. A good one for diet is to like say if you have a a goodie press in the house, put a picture of yourself looking at yourself, or you know a picture of picture of you just yeah. staring at, at at you as you go to open yeah. open the open the press. Don't scare the rest of the family. <laughs> you know, or or maybe if you if you if you've made a lot of progress, a picture of what you used to be, you know, kind of like a before. Put that on the goodie press. Um, put the fruit bowl closer to you know out in the open. Mm, at hand level good. put the, the the bad foods in the top shelf so they're harder to get feed all the white carbs to the kids yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's we nudges they get that help you know change the behaviour um, which is the big thing it's, it's all about habit building I find mm-hmm. you know with clients coming into the gym and that um, is there anything that you use to uh, develop behaviour so that you stay consistent with with what you're doing and in your professional life and your active life, your activity levels. Do, do you know what I actually think? Um, being in business has helped massively. You know the, the habits that I've built up, things that I do continuously, build up good habits, and just can keep doing them and keep doing them and keep doing them. I I, I think it's the business has transitioned and the training, and that's why I'm, that that's why I've been successful. Hmm. Is it the same for you? Well, I, I think I, I, I think. We've a we've a set of core values and kind of behaviours and vision within the various business that I that I'm involved in, um, and I, I, I created them myself because it carries across me a lot of the stuff I do from a personal point of view. It's called pillar, passion. So if you're going to do something, be passionate about it. If you can't be passionate about it, don't do it. So if it's going to be triathlon or it's going to be business or it's going to be a new idea, if you can't be passionate, what the hell's the point? If we can't enjoy ourselves along the way, what are we doing it for? If you're speaking to triathletes who are getting into the water, going, oh, this is horrible, isn't it? What's the point? Don't mm. do it. I is for innovation. So try and bring new ideas to what you do and try new things. Be innovative about how you do things. Likeability is the L. Be likable. Right? The amount of people who walk about both this city and particularly the city sometimes, <laughs> right? Who just are not likable. Yeah. You know, you know, make friends, talk about stuff. And it's the same in sport. Be likable in terms of what you do. Don't be the all out competitor and and murder people with your elbows when you enter the water and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I I nearly killed a guy this year in the in the water because he literally literally drowned me, right? To swim two yards out to the right and you can't you know, so yeah. uh, the second the, the, the next hell is loyalty. So be loyal to yourself, be loyal to your family. Be loyal to your community. Uh, that sense of loyalty is very, very important. And be loyal to what you're doing. A is for amplification. So shout about what you're going to do and why you're going to do it. And your example of saying, I'm going to go public with this is a really good example of amplification. And or is for relentless. Just be bloody relentless. Keep going. Even though everybody else is giving up around you, just be relentless. And I think if you can bring those six core values to any part of your life, whether it's personal, whether it's to do with sport, or whether it's to do with business, for me, it seems to work very well. Mm, that's what I was that's good. That's good. Oh my god, could we sound bite? We'll just just play it on repeat. (laughs) (laughs) Passion can be interpreted a different way, but um, it's probably not helpful in terms of doing parts to fifty (laughs) k. So you've covered a bit about your accomplishments, both in business and and outside of business. What's your most your proudest accomplishment? 
in terms of training and triathlon, I think actually just completing, hmm, it's just though. getting over the finish line. Um, there's been a few hairy moments. Um, I, the, the first triathlon and or the sorry, the first lake swim in, in Letterkenny. I uh, got under the water and there was about two hundred people in it, and it was just chaos. What, what you'll find, what, what you'll find with triathlons is the people are so nice, absolutely amazing, so helpful. Can until, the until, the, until, the, until the swim starts. Until the swim starts. See when the swim starts. I just didn't know what they expect, and it was elbows, arms, <laughs> and the face and the head, and you know I, I I just I was totally startled by it, and um I actually ended up swimming back on myself because I, I was just so disoriented. So I actually. I suppose there's been a number of things that I'm, I'm really proud of and, and that's kind of one I'm just getting out of the water I think that the guy from Triathlon Ireland said to me he goes I thought we were going to have to fish you out and I was and I was just like I was just glad to get out of it now the last one that we did there was Pulseport Beach and the water was 11 degrees the minute you put your face in the water it was just like brain freeze it was terrible it was, it was horrible I, I, I really didn't enjoy it and I thought you need to do a warm up for the warm up mm. um but I just wanted to get through it and just sheer grit and determination. Um, the Liam Ball run, the first run that I'd done, um, took me 35 minutes um, to do 5K. Uh, and I've got that down now to less than 30 um, in the space of five, six months. So I'm, I'm looking forward to what, what that can bring and, and further achievements. But I suppose it's been small ones. It's it, it's just been being able to be proud of myself just get, see the buzz of getting over yeah. that finish line mm. and, and saying to yourself do you know what I've, I've actually achieved this mm. you can find that progress is once you get a wee taste of it it's addictive that can be the <laughs> yeah, motivator yeah. itself kind of. that's it's actually been a, a massive 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 motivator mm. for me and actually I, I've been scared to go out on the bike with people and um, I wouldn't and you know I'm thinking these people are just so much better than me and and then and now I feel comfortable going out with them um but, but I see the progress yeah. and, and, and I see the changes and, and you know there's been so many people that have been really really good to me to be honest through this journey I could name 10 of them like um, but it's been small goals mm. that have been so important rather than just something that was big yeah yeah there's probably nothing more satisfying in a sprint trail thing and running past a guy with an Ironman tattoo on his calf muscle <laughs> <laughs> I, find that, I find that rewarding yeah. you know, it's quite funny yeah, but, uh, <laughs> it's happened a couple of times this year it was quite good yeah, that's been happening to me you know I, I've been getting out of the water and getting on the bike and that's when my race starts that's when I feel that my race starts get on the bike and uh, you're just you know I've started going past people Mm -hmm. the, the, the unfortunate thing about it is is as soon as they get off the bike they then go past me <laughs> on their own um, and the determination to make sure that doesn't happen next year you know mm -hmm. there's there's absolutely no way that the people I go past on the bike are going to go past me in the run next year it's mm -hmm. just not going to happen I am yeah. not going to let it happen so I'm looking forward to, to, to see what happens to see where what progress I'm making 12 months Yeah, it's going to be good mm -hmm. a big part of it is identifying what you want more isn't it you know do you want to be beating people on the track or do you want to be stuffing your fist in the evening? What means more to you? You know what I mean? Yeah. How much are you prefer, prepared to sacrifice yeah. for what you want? You know, getting training all the time, being prepared, going out. You know, I, I, I'm going to be honest, if, if I hadn't been here tonight, um, I'm fairly sure that I would be on the bike or on the pool or on the. I would be in some form of training. Like. Yeah. You know, so it's instead of just sitting around the house doing nothing, watching TV, I've, I've decided to get up. It's changed everything about me, my shape, 
my size, my weight, my mental health. It's changed everything. Like it's, been, it's probably one of the best things that ever happened. Mm-hmm. It's been mm-hmm. amazing for me. Yeah. Well, I suppose for me, it's uh, it's slightly different. Yeah. I'm lucky enough to win some nice stuff when I was younger and things like that, and and uh, I always like the fact that nobody can take it away from you. Mm. I like the idea that people can't take these things away from you, whether yeah. it's uh, swimming or whether it's triathlon or what it, what it is. It's it's a it's set in history and stone, and, and that's that's a, there's something nice about that. But I think for me is whenever I look at my eleven year old, and I go and he's doing he won the, the Royal Valley Triathlon this year, as you know, Aaron, amazing. Um, and uh, he he came he came out of the pool like something that'll last to the Mohicans. <laughs> that's the only way I can describe what he or Zulu, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, he uh, whenever I see that inside him. And his ability, he wants to train with me. He wants to compete. He wants to win. Um, that's that's what that's what really gets me going, yeah. you know. Because mm-hmm. I'm older than you. I'm 43. So you always think about, well, what are we leaving behind? What is yeah. the, the is it, Can we leave a legacy of something? I don't. I'm not going to die. Hopefully, anytime <laughs> soon. But um, you know, if you can leave uh, people with uh, with that inside them, you know, mm-hmm. part of their DNA, part of their soul, and how they view life and things like that, I think um, that's good. But he has a great role model in you. <laughs> you, but that. you're but you're determined. Yeah. You know you you do the training and he sees. He's you also drinking a bottle of wine at the weekends. Yeah. <laughs> but, but no, 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 fairness. You know, he, you help him. You're there for him. He you support him. You know, and I I think I see the fire in his eyes. Like mm. a kid just wants to do it. Like he's, he's got it. Yeah. It's amazing to see. It's amazing to see at somebody at eleven. I wish I had started doing amazing. triathlons at eleven instead yeah. of thirty six. Uh, there's there's so many benefits to to getting kids into sport. Mm. Um, I I was the same. I I didn't do any sport at all when I was away. Like and thinking back now, I just wish I had it on something like. Although there's there's something else, right? Because I said the my swimming career peaked at like thirteen, fourteen, <laughs> right? I was top of the game, but it, I mean, I, I was tired at that stage. We I was in the, I was training seven days a week in the pool, right, to get a bronze medal in the All Ireland breaststroke fifty meters. Uh. That's bananas. Uh. Right, so maybe and what I've said, what I've what, what conversation held with you is to become an Olympic standard swimmer, right? At, at ten or eleven, you need to be training, you know, like probably an hour, an hour and a half out of the pool every day. You need to be in the pool at least once, sometimes twice a day at ten, eleven. If you're really going to get to that, that kills kids too. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I want them. To, I, I, kids need to love sport and mm. go to love it, not be forced to do it. If they're forced to do it, what's the point? You know, yeah. because you know they might get back into it when they're thirty or forty or fifty. You know, whenever they realise, look, I'm gonna have to do something, uh-huh. but you don't want to turn them off too young. You know, and I think they've got to enjoy it. And sports like swimming, they're not team sports. No, they're not. You know, uh, and if kids don't like football and stuff like that, it, there's no, there's a, there's a limited social engagement. Yeah. And I think we sometimes miss that in terms of just driving them uh, to perform better and win a PTL gala race or a schools gala race and stuff like that. You know, who gives a monkeys if they're not enjoying it? Yeah. You know, that's it. Mm. that value it's one of the most important values I think to put on the children as they strive you know it'll set, it'll serve your wee boy for the rest of his life yeah. you know in every every yeah. domain um, some people just don't have that you know mm. um, and they have to work really really hard at it especially when they get into the adult life um, and they're through into the big bad world and they're through on with very very competitive people yeah. you know and it's just sink or swim uh, it's good to have that already installed on you but another good tip too for um, motivation is, I heard a guy. There's there's a there's a program called the Future Authoring Program. It's like a self help program, um, and I was just lo- I was just looking over it, and one of the good things I took away from it, I thought it was really valuable, was just about kind of like kind of goal setting. Um, basically, 
one of the one of the the rules in it was to write down what like yeah he came up with called a hell so um write where you don't want to be in three years write it down you know you want you don't want to be exactly where you are now living in the same conditions or whatever um write down a heaven that you want to run towards you know write down where you want to be in three years um and then just post them somewhere that you can look at them every day and strive for the run towards the heaven and run away from the hell mm. you know um, I thought that I was like a, that. a really yeah, good that's one. That's good. Yeah. That's strong. That's strong. Mm. So, what is what is what is your ambition then? Where do you want to be in? Like I asked the recruiter a question. You know, where do you want to be in five years time? <laughs> Lying on a beach. Yeah, <laughs> no, I told you about you know mine. So yeah, mine's, well, mine's pretty clear. I, I think to be able to do an Ironman comfortable. I think I think I, I think it has to be the training goal. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to. Do a hundred seventeen <laughs> miles, fifteen miles on the bike, <laughs> and then been able to get off and do hmm. uh, a, a marathon. And I actually, do it. There's, there's, there's one in um, Alcatraz where there's a, there's a boat, and, and what they do is they take you out and you jump off the back of the ferry, and that's where the, that's where the swim starts. Wow. And then with sharks, and, yeah, 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 with sharks. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, brilliant. I would love to. I would love to go to Kona, which is where the mega of sort of Ironman. As the the world championships were there um, about two weeks ago, and the eight hour record was just broken. Right. So to do an Ironman in less than eight hours, I'm never going to be able to do that. I just want to do it comfortably. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, I don't know. Be fitter, be healthier, and and, and just enjoy life. Mm-hmm. I suppose. What about you? Well, it's three years time or five five years time. Jeez, I haven't thought that far ahead. <laughs> how, uh, old, how old are you? Uh, 30. Nothing. 30. 28. 20. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it's never happened yeah. before. I've never heard somebody making themselves older. You are thinking that far ahead. <laughs> I am 30 already. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking what age will be when I, in five years' time. Um, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't. I'm getting married in April, so I haven't looked past April. Fair enough. <laughs> Life's over <laughs> in that stage anyway, so it's <laughs> Um, I don't know. I suppose happy, as happy as I am, like um, healthy, healthy family, and more successful. I suppose and and a a big shiny wrist medal sitting somewhere in the mantelpiece <laughs> in a case. <laughs> well, after this two hundred and fifty k race, uh, what's next? What's next? Mm. But that's that. That's 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 the big one. Uh, well, me and me and we're actually chatting about this not that long ago. Um. The, the podcast itself has, has actually been really successful. You know, um, we were just saying we're over over 20 countries, people's listening to me and Aiden chatting shite like. So um, <laughs> well, we're going to keep it going, but we don't know. Well, it depends. If I fail the risk, then the, the obvious one would be give it an hour whack like. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't put all this effort on and, and not give it an hour bro. Um, what about what about getting the listeners to suggest what you should do next? Right. That's I actually says to him about maybe running some sort of poll and say what yeah. will we just yeah. any any yeah. mad challenge it doesn't have to be a a physical endurance challenge it could be anything yeah. at all like and just right. say yeah. listen we'll give it a year and give like, it a whack like the crazier the better like uh, mm. there's an extreme Ironman in Norway and. I actually I was looking at it and Thor does it. I actually yeah, I was looking at it and was thinking, <laughs> My God, that just sounds like Pulseport Beach. The water the water's eleven degrees. And I was thinking that's that's just Ireland. But you have to go up this mountain and it's 
madness. Like uh, so something like that would be good. But uh, I think I think actually doing things in different countries. Uh, that's uh, that's sort of where I'm thinking five years time I'd love to go to maybe Germany or America and do something that mm-hmm. you know, instead of just doing something local. Uh, there's one that's like five K five days, uh two hundred and fifty mile run through like the Nevada desert or something like that. I've seen someone that done that. There's 250k through like the Arctic Circle or something as well. Sounds so. fab. <laughs> You've got Jason Black. Jason Black. Uh, Jason, uh, uh, Jason Black. He does all that sort of K1. Uh, that's um, right, and uh, there's a there's a another guy I know called John Joe Muldoon who who's a brilliant triathlete, and he said that one of the best things he's ever done was we go up the base camp on Everest. So he said it was just unbelievable. Uh, um, so I, you know I think that's well within your. I saw like, a video of a, an avalanche hitting base camp on Everest before and that <laughs> just popped me off and told me I'll never be up there. <laughs> that was the end of that. That's it. Yeah. Not in the short. Why, why is your fa- you fascinated by things that have added levels of danger? Do you want to go and do a triathlon like Hiroshima or something like that? You know, you mean, you know in Chernobyl? Right? Just so you can, you know. Well, just, well, yeah. Anything's worth doing. It's worth overdoing. Moderations yeah. for cowards. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Yeah, sounds good. So, I, think, uh, I think the heaven and hell stuff's interesting. So the... Uh, uh, my dad always said, "Look, you know, I'm not too sure that heaven exists. You mm. know, uh, and in fact, I think we're in heaven. I think you can create your own version of it right here. You know, yeah, but dad said hell definitely exists. He says we're all in it, doing our very best to get out of it. Quite <laughs> 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 like that analogy. Okay. But um, yeah, I, th- I think for me, I'm motivated by different things. I like the excitement of doing something in a few different countries and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I've told you this before from a business point of view, um, and I might never get there. But I want to finish at fifty and take a gap year." Mm. and in that gap year I would want, want to do kind of key events across the planet uh, so everything from a business point of view for me is about how do I create a gap year for myself when I hit 50 so what I have to do in business to get to there um, and then the training is just an element within all that so I need, at 50 you still need to be fit and healthy to be able to do some crazy stuff around the planet you know mm. so do you any ideas the for the the key events that, that you have lined up haven't haven't went that far I'm still trying to create the five million quid in the bank account to allow me to do it which is probably probably that kind of um, what a success look like but um, yeah so I, I, more planning's required um, but yeah that's the that's my ambition if you could suggest anything to do after that we finish this race mm. what what would you it, it doesn't have to be uh, an endurance event it could be anything at all yeah. Set up your own business. Set up your own business. Because you'll find exactly who you are. Because it'll, it'll have deep, dark moments in it where you're sitting thinking to yourself, my God, this is tough. Mm. So there's your challenge. Mm. Do you think we could, we could do that and document it? Mm. Oh, well, we obviously could do right. it and document yeah. it. But, but, but why, don't you, why don't you start your it own race? It would be a lot of work, like. Why don't you start your own race? I like that idea. Uh, Create the toughest endurance event in the UK and Ireland. There's, there's a challenge. Yeah. You could do a swim from. You could start off doing. From the top of the Shannon to the bottom. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. You, you could swim from Rathmullen across to um, Bunkrana. Not far enough. And well, hold on. That's just stage one. Okay. Then yeah, you could do again. the Enishone 100, right? Right. Then you could swim up the foil, right? Mm-hmm. Then you could do. Dairy Marathon cycled a Malin head cycled somewhere up you uh, know. I, I would love to see an adventurous and dairy 
Because there, there is no oh, adventure, is there? The, 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 the amount of triathlon ability in this city is yeah. phenomenal. Unbelievable. One of the best triathletes in Ireland, for God's sake. Yeah. But I think there's got to be a flagship event that, yeah. would, that would really highlight the you know, Derry City and, and the wider Northwest. You know, because yeah. the scenery is something else. You know, Definitely. The city's passionate mm. about it. You know, we've, so that's your challenge. Get that sorted. <laughs> Get that sorted. <laughs> give, us a, give us a week. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, we were coming up with a lot of joke topics like they do, weren't we? Uh, we're like r- running for election. Running for election. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as we're documenting it through a podcast, you know. Uh, Might need an assembly first. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yeah, you could be the first fitness MLA. That'd be excellent, you know. Um, that actually segued, segued nicely under the, the last question, which was about plans for the future. Um, anything else you want to one of the things I would say there can never be enough right so uh, whether it's in your business or multiple businesses or um, my focus in business is about wealth generation right so how do I generate enough wealth that I don't have to worry about wealth anymore mm-hmm. because whenever you don't have to worry about money anymore you can do some brilliant things with money uh-huh. right so you look at some of the stuff we're doing in your dairy it's just the starts of ideas you look at things like the lab fund leadership ambition belief that we're trying to put together at the moment and you look at kind of uh when you do have a little bit of spur income and additional income and the businesses are doing well, it's great to be able to put money and focus and effort and time into stuff like that because that's mm. where you add real wealth to, to your local communities. So for me, uh, uh, the, the, the business stuff is, is very much like the, the fitness goals and the kind of challenges and the competitive aspects of it because um, it's just investment in yourself, in people, in the community, uh, and then having the discipline and the behaviours to make it happen. Mm. You know, So mm. that's kind of where I sit. Yeah. Recently, I've been speaking to a young Audrey McKean, mm. who you've had on the podcast, yeah. and I've, I've been saying to him, how are you going to get better? And he's the guy like, that's training you quietly and secretly in the background. No, he's not my secret coach. Have you got another, you've got another no, secret no, I don't coach? Have a, yes. I don't have a secret Deeply coach. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> it's not Audrey. Um, but, you know, he was saying, train, train me the best. Train me the best cyclists. Mm-hmm. Train me the best swimmers. You know, surround yourself with good people. You know, that's why I'm in business with Ryan. <laughs> you know, surround yourself, surround yourself with, with people that add positivity to your life. That, in times of challenge, they motivate you or they'll pick you up or or, or do things. You know, there's there's days. If you want to, you, you want to be a lion, you got to train with lions, mm-hmm. right? Yep, Ryan has that on his wall. Six foot, <laughs> six foot by six foot. <laughs> Saw that in Facebook. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you see that one? There's another one, another one with a lion on it as well. It's um. Everybody wants to be a land until there's land shit to be done, which mm. is kind of about motivation, <laughs> sort of marginally as well, you know. But sorry for dropping you. But no, no, no. Yeah. But you know, surround yourself with quality people. Like you know, even even if you look at the people in, in your area, you know, some of the some of the admins, they're, they're just great minds, great people. Mm. You know, and if you do that, it, it just you know the whole idea of the amp is it just amplifies. You know, yeah. we just bounce off each other, and and, and I, I think it's I think it's important for your mindset, for your goals, as they, they be with people that are positive, mm. positive energy. It just it just creates more. Ryan's like a dynamo. He just <laughs> creates like <laughs> ideas. You know, he, he has about three hundred and sixty-five ideas a year, but probably only about five. Not point two of them are any use. Absolutely. <laughs> Is that the quote from Blade Runner: "The light that burns twice as bright only burns for half as long." I think I'll be dead in three years. <laughs> <laughs> the worst dynamo ever. Yeah. Nah, <laughs> you've been you've been pretty hard on yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, forty-five. Yeah. Five years to retirement. I don't know. Got to hang on. Got to hang on. That's it. 
So you're on track then for five years retirement? Seven. So 50 is the, is, you right. know, I, I mean, I'd love to have the gap year and not have to go back. Right. That is, that is certainly an ambition, but it's highly unlikely, you know. And, mm. and, but, well, maybe it's not. Who knows? Mm. Depends where th- various things go, you know. Um, we're working very hard at building all the businesses at the moment. Um, they're all going fairly well. And um, there's maybe another couple. You know, we look at the AMP. You know, we've, I don't think we mentioned even what the AMP is, but it's the first commercially funded uh, business incubator in the Northwest. So there's a right. few of them in Belfast and things like that. Aaron and I, I took a risk on it ourselves. We wanted accommodation for our own businesses and brands, but also we knew that there were other people locally who didn't really want to go with the traditional route of going into uh, inverted commas a social enterprise type space. So yeah. the likes of you know, uh, Callist Inc and stuff like that, but they wanted to work and mix with other real business people, commercial business people, who could actually help and advise and guide. Um, and they weren't on programs or projects, or it was just practical assistance. So we wanted to create that in Derry. And we've done it on a fairly small scale, but it's done mm-hmm. well and it's done nice and it's done to a quality. Companies like Metadeck have moved in, uh, Dagnum, uh, a great guy. So, you know, we think those sorts of things in the city here complement when people are wealthier and there's a few more quid on the table. They then can take time to think about well, how do I help yeah. myself? How do I get mm. fitter and healthier? How do I make my family fitter and healthier? How do we generate additional wealth for ourselves? Because it's about wealth generation, and that ties nicely in with the whole idea of your dairy and getting a bigger mm. kind of um, like seven and a half thousand members in the platform. Like nearly eight. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So look, I mean that's a that's a monumental wave of positivity that mm. we didn't have a year and a half ago. You Definitely. know, so I think that's a I guess a good a good thing. Uh, and you know what? We've got some amazing resources in the city. Yeah. See the foil arena? I didn't actually realise that there was a cryo spa. <laughs> I seen him yesterday and he was glowing. <laughs> I was like, where, where have you been? Yeah, from the waist down. Like, How did you see that? That's he weird. was like, uh, I've just been in the cryo spa. I did, you know, I didn't, yeah, I didn't, spa, I didn't yeah. know that that existed. The Watt bikes yeah. and, the, uh, and the foil arena. You know, uh, we've been threatening to yeah, well, take well, a triple well, we'll we'll over um, Have you done the cryo spa? No, it's for a recovery point of view, it's, it is, it is mm. very, very good. I'm starting to think it might be a bit like Captain America if I stay in it long enough. Like, <laughs> follow me out in 30 years' time, you know, in the foil arena. I think it would be a good thing, like a, like a time capsule. Yeah. And is it effective? Do, do you notice? I, I, I notice a big difference. I, I suffer a bit of, for a bit of inflammation in my hips, and I, I've noticed that it helps a lot, even with Achilles and stuff as well. So it, it is that forces that natural healing process quite quickly. Now it's a bloody misery to sin in, uh, but uh, mm-hmm. and you kind of have to grit your teeth and you know the put attempt that comes in with you in case you have a heart attack. Essentially, <laughs> you know, we, we sort of laughs uh, sort of as you go through it, but it is um, it, it is very effective. I think once or twice a week it could be it could be could be very helpful for your regime. Uh, there's a, a there's a place out in Tamnier. No, I haven't been there. Performance one bike run, and they have an endless pool. Yeah. So I, I keep threatening them to go out and to get my swim, mm. four cameras, and they can basically see exactly what you're doing with your stroke. There's so many great resources within uh, the city that, that people just don't know about. Uh, I think they've got 10 sure, watt bikes. Adam, Adam, Adam Petey's your swim coach. You've got you know, professional coaches everywhere, all, all in secret. Yeah, <laughs> 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 I have to listen to this every day. <laughs> <laughs> and this is this is out of season, which is even yeah, worse. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But there is there's so many there's so many good resources in the city, and people don't know how to use them. I didn't a couple of months yeah. ago. I didn't even you know I had no idea. Yeah, it's twelve and a half million pound center. Yeah, it's yeah. unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. unbelievable. And um, we've got so many good pathways that you can go on the bike. You know, mm. we went out and and done the the one around the foil arena and. They're taking that one the whole way to Strathfoyle, hopefully. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's there's so many good resources for people to use, and I, you know what? I would urge anybody that's that's listening, see if you're even half thinking about it. Yeah. 
Just do it. Just see the it. see the hardest part of it. It's starting. Yeah. yeah. And, and the hulls. Oh well. And the hulls. Or any bicycle. <laughs> any cycle whatsoever. <laughs> How do you think you'll handle retirement as somebody who strives <laughs> all the time you, when, you're, when you detach yourself from that See, word this, like, this is this is probably stupid but I, I think I could take to it quite well right by the way I don't he's like emailing me at 10 o'clock on a Saturday night <laughs> right saying what do you think of this <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself you're going to retire yeah. absolutely not <laughs> he loves for it he breathes <laughs> it <laughs> you'll need some sort of focus like if that's your nature yeah I, I, yeah, I don't know whether I can segment the nature I've always been very good at uh, so <laughs> if, if something bad happens or I get a knock I just put it in a box and bury that box deep underground and the box is never really coincide. That's just the way I deal with it and quirk it. For me, it works really well. Right, so if, if uh, I, I, don't, I don't believe it sounds ridiculous, I failed at anything, of course I have, right? But um, it's like, um, it's a, a, a Jack Nicholas, the golfer. Yeah. Um, and he basically said, look, um, they asked him a question. He's got, he's got this mindset where uh, he basically says, look, he's never, he's never, he never lost a major tournament, right? Um, uh, and they were asking well Jack why are you one of the greatest golfers of all time and he went I've never missed a three foot putt in a major tournament and he said it at a conference once right and the guy, this guy stood up at the back of the conference and went Jack that's not true I saw you missing a putt in the 1976 you know US Masters or something like that and Jack just turned and went no I didn't <laughs> <laughs> and the guy went it's on TV I have it recorded I've seen it you, you missed a three foot punt you lost a tournament and Jack Nicklaus went no I didn't next question <laughs> I love that mindset I'm just going nah <laughs> you know? and I try to do that myself at times because if you think too much failure is a healthy thing right so getting things wrong and having to adjust and having to change whether it's training or whether it's business is important right you've got to be have the humility and the sense to understand when to do that mm. but don't let it wreck you don't let, it, don't let it burn you up because it will you know yeah. or it can do you know so yeah it's probably not the worst it's the worst psychology ever you know <laughs> bury it deep underground in a locked case and just move on you know we'll try that uh, when we're doing the recap episode after the race and I don't finish we'll right. just come on and start, start saying I finish <laughs> <laughs> I've done, I've done that that was brilliant finish, yeah, yeah. I did 270 <laughs> kilometres yeah <laughs> I thought it was going to be one of those winner learn things <laughs> I, I must have put but I learned that day. <laughs> no, 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 no 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 it didn't happen you're a liar <laughs> <laughs> yeah very good um I suppose that's us then now. If it, we can finish up with um, the whole the whole theme has been motivation. If you could give one tap for motivation, what would it be? You can have a think about this one. Grind it out. Grind it out. Right. And if you're not prepared to grind it out, don't start it in the first place. You know, and it's, you see you see yourself even in the, the triathlons that we've done and stuff like that, and where it gets tough, you just gotta knuckle down and grind it out. Business is no different. It's never going to be smooth. You can lie awake for nights after night after night worrying about how you're going to make payroll, how you're going to look after clients, how you're going to deal with problems. You just got to grind it out. You know, grow a set. Hmm. I'm going to set that as my alarm for the morning. <laughs> Every morning I'm just going to have you <laughs> grind, grind it, it out. out. <laughs> grow a set. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Grow a set. <laughs> yeah, the worst motiva- motivational speaker ever. <laughs> I think you have to have a goal, uh, and you have to have some kind of plan in which to achieve it. Um, I've been listening to this guy called Eric Thomas. Um, 
and they, you know, he talks about people wanting a, a guarantee. So, thirty day money back guarantee. If this doesn't work, you know, yeah. guarantee for this. You know, if I don't make X amount of money within six months, you get your money back. But we never ask ourselves to give us a guarantee mm. of what we can do. We never actually say to ourselves, we have to do this. We don't hold ourselves accountable enough for the things that we should be doing. It's always everybody else's fault. But it's yeah. not. It's actually you. The only person that's stopping you from achieving is yourself. Mm. And that's either because you haven't planned or you, you don't want it enough. Yeah. It's easier to look outward. Oh, and, yeah. and, and by the way, it's so easy to turn around and say, I don't have the time. Yeah. See, to make an excuse. It's so easy. It's so easy. And in, in, in my office, on, on the wall, I have um, all my triathlon medals and, and it says dream, believe, achieve and there's five medals on it because two of the triathlons didn't give us medals. Two of the type ones. So you got a t-shirt. Um, but uh, but I seen you didn't finish. <laughs> Trust me, I finished. Uh, no, you did. No, I finished. No, but, I did, eh? But, uh, <laughs> next year, next year, that's going to be full. Because I'm setting the goal mm. and I'm saying to myself, to get there, I need to train on the bike a couple of times a week. I need to improve my swim and I need to keep running. And that's it. And right throughout the winter, when the snow's there, you know, how am I going to do it? No excuses. Getting it down and just diving on and saying, right, that's it. Yeah. I want to be healthy. I want to see my kids grow up. I want to enjoy my life. I want to retire with Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the, the big difference I'm 36 <laughs> you're massively younger uh, setting goals that serve those bigger picture oh. but actually having a plan oh. to get there and actually saying right, the goal's just not an outrageous goal yeah. right? realistic yeah it has to be semi-realistic mm. and, and you have to find a way in which to get there and, and actually when I'd done the first triathlon I thought how am I going to do this how am I going to do this run and you can just go down to a, a fast walk you know, just a, a slow jog, and just keep yourself moving. And now, you know, I'm 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 jogging, mm. um, but have something, have a goal, and try and achieve it. Set yourself a target. Good stuff. Certainly feeling more motivated now. <laughs> anyway. Um, grow a set. <laughs> <laughs> we get um every guest that we've had on, we're we're asking them. They, they guess the time in true Top Gear style you have to guess my uh, finish time and we're going we're going to give a prize we still haven't decided we're halfway through we're going to give a prize to whoever gets the closest time but um, where do you think I'm coming in what time do you want to pull up do you just want to see previous competitor yeah, uh, times yeah. otherwise we'll say something ridiculous you know, <laughs> 4 hours 33 tell, minutes tell yeah. me this what's the cut off 24, 24 hours. hours 24 with a 30% attrition rate Jesus, and thirty percent maybe not show up because the weather's bad. No. <laughs> good chance of finishing the top ten here, Blaine. This is good. Sixty <laughs> percent don't don't, uh, don't make it. Right. I actually think the guy that who wins it, he, he he's a local. Mm. Uh, he he like loves right in the centre of course. Massive. See the advantage yeah. of that. That's huge. Yeah, we were huge. talking about that. He runs those roads. And time. cycles those roads, and he knows. Yeah, I actually find on the triathlons that, 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 that there are two loops that it's easier because you know what's coming up, mm. <laughs> you know. And I think next season we'll be going on the events, going 
Right, okay, we're going to Oma here, it's closed roads. We know when we get out of the water, we've got to do this and right. that. Yeah. Don't yeah. do Lisburn. It's yeah. awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Well, it's, it's awful because there's a 15 mile bike ride. It's just that Ryan doesn't like being on the bike. As we bum gets sore. Right, here's um, last week's, com- or last year's uh, times there. I'm trying to take a look. Okay, that was it. Um, Is that a can of It's <laughs> <laughs> important part of the regime. <laughs> What's the uh, what's the fastest time? So the fastest time was the the record was set last year. Now, the thing with last year is, it it fell on the same day as mind that beast from the east that come in. Yes. So they had a um, put the race off for a month or six weeks or something. So they they actually got better weather then for the the actual race day. But Marty Lynch finished it in thirteen hours thirty two minutes, which that's phenomenal. When you think of the the fella that come in second was. Two hours behind them. <laughs> See the first stage in the bike. Yeah. How many miles is that? The the first bike stage is hundred k. Okay. So you you start. It's a half marathon, a fifteen k kayak, hundred k cycle, five k mountain climb, a seventy k cycle, and then a marathon. That's a good time for a hundred k in the bike. Uh, has Maurice? Mm. What did they come on? One hour thirty nine. Uh, well, that's that's what I was saying. When we had Marty in, I wanted to look at Marty's marathon finish time because I ran a marathon four hours forty minutes, and I was thinking, I, I wonder if I beat Marty because Marty had ran two hundred k before this, so I was thinking we we might be close. His marathon time was over an hour faster than my marathon time, and he had done two hundred k before that's that. Truly frightening. So uh, that was frightening. Uh, that was that frightening. Um, but that's that's the funniest times there. So, um, ranging from Marty Command thirteen hours. Once you had down around, uh, the people coming on thirty. Then that's when you're on the twenty hours, and then right up to the the last person to come on fifty eighth. They had twenty three hours thirty five minutes. I'm just gonna throw this one out. You're gonna say something yeah, crazy. I think it is gonna be twenty. Three hours and twenty nine minutes. Twenty three, twenty minutes. Actually, 23, 10. do you know what? I'm going to really adjust that. We normally do a good day and a bad day. Oh, well, well, right. Sorry, because the the uh, the organizer when we had them on, they said the weather will play a massive part in I'm your sure. finish time. So we're giving everybody two guesses if it's a good day and if it's a bad day. Twenty one and a half if it's a good day and if it's a bad day. Twenty three and a half. I'm going to be a wee bit more positive. I think on a good day, you're going to go sub 20. You're going to do 19 hours 58. Right. On a bad day, you're going to do it in 22 and a half. Right. Well, I think those are the most optimistic uh, predictions so far. And definitely. Right on our optimistic podcast. Day, <laughs> yeah, all about motivation. Uh, <laughs> and if you don't, we've deemed you failed. <laughs> <laughs> but then you, you just say, no, no. Cross it. Yeah, uh, no, I think I think you will. I think you'll surprise yourself. All right, you're training. You I mean you're still six months out, all right? Mm-hmm. Still six months. I mean you're you're training up to this point. You know you're, you're only getting to your baseline. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think when you start ramping up in the dead and things like that, I think you'll see significant yeah. changes. I, I actually have a question for you. Are you doing any heart rate training? Ah, uh, that's the the first thing we we done was the lactic acid threshold test, and they okay. give us our heart rate zones. Um, I find it hard to stay in zone two. Everybody does. Uh, I, I find it monotonous. Ah, uh, it's 
<laughs> like the, the first <laughs> run I went where I tried to stay in zone two, first hill I hit, I was walking, Forget about it. walking up the hill to stay in zone two. Like. So I, I do find it very hard to stay in zone Even two. Even staying sub 140, mm. as last night I was on the treadmill doing zone two. Ah. Oh, it was brutal. It's hard. It's we'll not easy. Talk. We'll take it into consideration. Right. Uh, so. Well, to be fair, but when oh, we yeah, had we have Marty on the the guy that won, he doesn't do it either. Mm-hmm. Hey, that was one of the scary things about Marty. Like me and Blaine were thinking, right, this guy's going to come on. He's going to be using all the little stuff, all <laughs> the science, spa every all other the, day, all the science, <laughs> all the, all the techniques, though. Right. And he comes out and we're like, so what do you do? And he's just he just basically went, I just put on the others. Mm. Like, <laughs> do you know the crazy thing about it is, if you took him the exactly the same distance in race somewhere else in the country that time wouldn't be that he knows there's a massive he knows when they put the power in when they put the effort in when not they he has to be he has to be and there's genetics also plays a a big part in that like you know uh, there's a guy who does a triathlon Sean McLaughlin you have to see the length of a stride you know just the man's just as an animal, like BFG. <laughs> that's it. Like you know, you're like looking at him, going, "Jesus, them strides." Like, you know, he is he a big fella? Is he a thin small, fella? S- small. He's about the same height as me. Uh, same height, same bold. Uh, yeah. Is yeah. he? Uh. He just puts the areas on. What age is he? I'm not sure. He's young enough. Like, I'd be, be early thirties. Yeah. Would he be well hydrated? <laughs> it's. Well, what did I say? He keeps a can of coke in his in his transition box. Ah, but it, like I said, it's all frame of mind. Ah, like. mm. we pick me up? We treat. Uh, yeah, but definitely knowing the course is a big thing, like because huge. it it says it on the website itself. The 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 because the endurance is so extreme, mental durability ultimately plays a lot bigger role than you know your fitness levels. And see, just because Donegal is notoriously hilly. Mm. If you don't know the track, every hill you're going, jeez, I hope this no, is no the last hill. Yeah. And yeah. see when it's yeah. not. <laughs> it's that'll, 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 that'll kill you. And every time it happens, that'll kill you. And I'll just uh, chop away at your mind frame the whole time. Like Whereas he knows. He yeah. knows everyone on those hills on side out. Like, you know. mm-hmm. yeah. uh, it's something that we, we probably haven't used our advantage as much as we should have. We should be getting down on the course mm. as much as we can. We, we live so close. Like There's people that flies in from our countries just mm. to compete in this event so you know we have no excuse to not be down uh, run the course as often as we can um, well the events has been kind of we were doing our long you know our long runs at the weekends but weekends kind of been ate up by events mm. the, last, the last while back so this is kind of the last event this week and then we're uh, back on track training wise like, uh, and you're getting married in April April uh, it's like it works out like mm. two weeks after the event <laughs> it's dangerously close <laughs> it's good, yeah. Yeah. so hopefully you make the wedding uh, are you going to have your stag do before or after <laughs> the event uh, we had this we had the stag do three uh, three weeks ago we were in Oktoberfest that's a good idea <laughs> so you get married two weeks after the event uh, very good so uh, <laughs> this danger of you losing so much weight that you look like Tom Hanks in, bike <laughs> in your suit normally brides are worried about fitting into the dress and stuff like that you're going to look like Tom Hanks in big <laughs> 14 pizzas a day before, you're, before you get married but <laughs> well, we, um, we signed up for a few events but what I've found is the events is killing my whole training plan because mm. Like we signed up for the Dublin Marathon on Sunday, we took it on like two weeks' notice. We got an entry, so I've had no 
really training for the marathon. But this this week's training then's been wiped out. I've just been doing wee short four mile runs all week. The day was my last run. Um so that's between now and Sunday and then the, the couple of days after that that you're bit after a marathon, that's nearly a whole week of training mm-hmm. wiped out. So gonna make this the last event. Might maybe do one more event, mm. but just focus Solely that's on interesting. Now. Yeah. The idea was to get a lot of event experience, you know, but it it does. That's it important. Does, uh, it does important. affect your training plans, but it does affect yeah. the training plan uh, too. Like, so. Yeah, so funny. I was reading thing about uh, about triathlon. It said, "Look, doing a seventy point three is no preparation for a full Ironman. Don't uh. think you're going to do a seventy point three and then you know a few weeks or a few a couple of months later do a full Ironman. The preparation is entirely different. Uh. So you know, I find that interesting. A it's bit frightening. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Is that us? That was really good. Uh, it was, was very good. Thank you. Like I said, definitely feeling more motivated. Might need to get you sent again yeah. next week. <laughs> <laughs> You'll do it. You'll do great. If you could just message Blaine every week, just saying, <laughs> you know what's it? That'd be brilliant. Not a problem. We'll do that. <laughs> great. Hey, thanks very much, guys, yeah, for coming on. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. Super. Super. All the best. This has been the Coasty 250k podcast. You can follow our journey online at the Coach 250K Facebook page, Instagram, or AidenDollyFitness.com.